The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Are you ready for the word? All right, turn with me please in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. The book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Are you there? If you are there, I read. It says that he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm concluding my series that I have titled 25 Signs of Those Who Gather. And this is part 11. 25 signs of those who gather. And this is part 11. So far, we have looked at 20 signs. And so today we'll be completing with the remaining five signs. And then after that, we trust God to walk in the blessing of the word. Please note and please understand that the number one responsibility of every believer is to win soul. The number one responsibility of every Christian is to win soul. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And the only people who walk in the blessing of the word are those who do the word. The Bible says in the book of James that do not only be a hearer of the word, but be a what? A doer of the word. So, therefore, that implies that the only time we walk in the blessings of the Lord is when we do his word. It's when we do his word. It's when we do his word. Now, in as long as you hear the word and don't do it, you will not walk in the blessing of the word. Now, when you read the book of Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to verse 8, Peter went fishing all night. He was struggling all night. He toiled all night and he caught nothing. And the Bible says that something very interesting happened. Jesus came on the shore and said, can I use your boat to fish or to preach? And Peter said yes. And then what happened was uh, after, after Jesus finished preaching with Peter's boat, the Bible says that Jesus said to Peter, launch out into the deep and, and, and catch a great harvest. But the Bible says Peter responded back and told Jesus, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will launch out my net. And the Bible says that, and when Peter did what Jesus said, he had a great enclose of fishes. So that means the only time we walk in the blessing is when we do the word. It's when we do what? It's when we do what? It's when we do what? Please understand that you can be a Christian coming to church hearing the word, but so long as you are not doing the word, you will not walk in the blessing of the word. No one is rewarded by doing nothing. 
No one is rewarded by doing nothing. The only time we are rewarded is when we do what we have been assigned to do. So Jesus started saying in the book of Matthew 12, 30, he said, he that is not with me is against me. In other words, Jesus, even Jesus, wanted to know who is with him and who is not with him. In life, it's important to know those who are with you and those who are not with you. It is better to know your enemy. Once you know your enemy, you know how to deal with them. It is also better to know your friends. And once you know your friends, you go to them in time of trouble. You go to them in time of challenges. So Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. So that means when we don't do the word of God, then we are against Christ. When we don't do what Jesus has asked us to do, then in, in effect, we are telling him that we don't believe in what you're saying. We are against you and so on and so forth. So he said, he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So you are either gathering in the church or you are scattering. You can't say I'm on the borderline. Every time you don't bring someone into the house of God, you are not a gatherer, you are a scatterer. Next year, by God's grace, we are going to walk in a few teachings that will help us, that will help us to become all that God wants us to become. And one key thing, one key thing, every year, God's number one desire is that you win just one soul, not two. How many souls? How many souls? Just one a year. And winning one soul a year, is it difficult? It's not difficult. That's all God wants you to do. Just one soul a year. Bringing just one soul into the house of God. Making sure that that soul is established. That soul is planted. And that soul is growing. Because it is vital. The blessing comes when we walk in the doing of the word. So, so far we've looked at 20 signs. We want to look at the remaining five. And then we're going to pray and trust God to do great and mighty things in our lives. Amen. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 13, from verse 24 to 30. That's where we find all our 25 signs. Are you there? Matthew 20, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30. Are you there? Okay, I read. Now, now this is Jesus speaking. I want you to notice this carefully. This is very important. This is very important. This is actually one of the major challenges of many Christians. It's one of the major challenges because how many of you know that the devil doesn't wish you well? How many of you know that? The devil doesn't wish you well. The devil wants you destroyed. That's the plan of the enemy. So Matthew chapter 13 from verse 24, I read. It says, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. What did this man sow? He sowed a good seed. In his field. In other words, he sowed a good soul in his church. But while men slept, notice that, while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat 
and went away. So the devil's desire is to destroy what God is doing in your life. While men sleep, that enemy, the Bible says, went and sowed what? Tars among the wheat. He went and sowed what? Tars among the wheat. The tars look like the real thing. They look like the wheat, but they are not the real thing. The tars, they look similar to the wheat, but they are not the wheat. But look at what time the enemy sows the tars. When men are sleeping. And how many of you know that you and I, I mean, after a long day's work, we have to sleep. But this sleeping, he's not talking about physical sleep. He's talking about a spiritual sleep. Remember, one of the signs of the 25 signs of those who gather is that they are watchmen. We say they are watchmen. So we keep watch. Spiritually, we keep watch so that the devil doesn't show any task in our lives or in our destiny. He said, while men sleep, whilst men slept, his enemy came and saw tars among the wheat and went away. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tars also. So look at the time the tars appears. They appear when the wheat is showing up. When the wheat is showing up, the tars also show up at the same time. The Bible says that so the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then has this tars come from? Verse 28, he said unto them, An enemy has done this. An enemy has done this. The servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said unto them, Nay, lest while you gather up the tars, you root, you root up also the wheat with them. Let's both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tars and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. This is a typical example of wisdom. The highest form of wisdom being demonstrated. God sows a good seed. The enemy also comes and plants a bad seed. But the bad seed that the enemy plants looks like the good seed. It's a photocopy of the good seed. And how many of you know that there are counterfeits? Counterfeits look almost similar to the main thing, to the original. And if you are not careful, you will not be able to detect that this thing is a counterfeit. If somebody gives you a 50-pound note or a $100 note and it's a counterfeit, you need a machine to detect whether this is real or not. Isn't that right? But if you don't know, you think that it's real because the counterfeit always look like the real thing. It looks like the real thing. But the only way you can discern the counterfeit in this walk of faith is having the spirit of discernment. Having the spirit of what? Discernment. 
So Jesus was saying that the enemy, whilst men slept, went and saw tasks. And many Christians are sleeping on this walk. We are sleeping on this walk and the devil is sowing tasks in our lives. Sowing tasks in our destinies. Destroying what we have worked very hard for. And please understand that you can be a good Christian and the devil can still sow tasks in your life. You can be a good Christian, serving in the church faithfully, and you can allow the devil to sow tasks in your life. Now, when the devil sow tasks in your life, there are certain characters that comes out of those who are walking in tasks. They become antagonistic to the main thing. The purpose of the task is to prevent the, the wheat from growing. They entangle it. They twist around the, the, the seed so that it will not grow and grow well. And that's what happens as a Christian if you're not careful. The devil can sow tasks in you and you begin to become antagonistic against the things of God. Against the growth of the church. Against the growth of a department. Against the growth of a Christian's work. You become antagonistic because the, the enemy, whilst you are sleeping, the devil has sown tasks in your life. And that's a deception in the church. Adam and Eve, after they sinned and became naked, the Bible says that they went and took fig leaves and covered their nakedness. They covered their nakedness. And there are a lot of people in the church who have become naked, spiritually naked, and have gone to take physical fig leaves to cover their nakedness, thinking that they are still working in the anointing, thinking that they are still Christians, thinking that they are still praying in tongues, thinking that they are still the real thing, but not knowing they are covering themselves with fig leaves. But remember, the moment you pick that fig leaves, that begins the death of the fig leaves. You cover yourself with that fig leaves, but it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time because that fig leaves will dry up. That's why it's always crucial and always important that whenever you fall, you go back to God, you go back to your source and ask him for forgiveness and ask him to cover you once more. Unfortunately and sadly, we have a lot of people in the church who pretend. They are not Christians and they pretend to be Christians. The fact that you can speak in tongues doesn't mean you're a Christian. I had a story of my man of God who said he had this friend who used to, he'll go and fornicate. He'll go and fornicate and then when he comes back, he, his, his proof of knowing that the Holy Spirit is there is to speak in tongues. So after he goes and fornicates, he'll come and say, let me check if the Holy Spirit is still there. And then, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, it's still there. No, no, speaking in tongues doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is there. Are you following me? You could be covering yourself with fig leaves. So there are a lot of unbelieving believers in the church. A lot of unbelieving believers, they'll tell you, ah, ah, as for me, I don't believe this part of the Bible. Unbelieving believers, they say, I want to do it my own way. Unbelieving believers, you tell them what to do. The Bible says do this. They say, as for me, I want to do it that way. You are not a Christian. You are an unbelieving believer. 
Don't deceive yourself. You have a fig leaves covering your nakedness, but it's just a matter of time. That fig leaves will dry up. If you don't go to God for help, that fig leaves will dry up. That's why immediately you go through any form of challenge, you go to God and ask, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. God, help me to become fresh. Help me be, to become new. Let me walk in you because I love your presence more than I love anything else. When you sin, that is not the time to run away from God. That is the time to come closer to God. Don't allow the devil to sow tasks in your life. Don't allow the devil to sow tasks in your marriage. Don't allow the devil to sow tasks in your church. That's why we need men and women to be watchmen, spiritual giants, watching over the gates of the church, praying day and night, trusting that God will keep us alive, will keep us strong, will keep us going, will keep us doing great and mighty things for the Lord. Hallelujah. That must be your prayer. You must not become the one that has become the task now. You have become the task. You are doing the bidding of the devil. You are doing the bidding of the enemy. You are doing what the devil tells you to do. The devil is now your master. Jesus is no longer your Lord and your personal savior. So therefore it's important for us to become gatherers and not scatherers. We must not allow the devil to sow tasks in our lives. You must be vigilant. You must be vigilant. Listen, the Christian walk is a walk of vigilance. You have to be vigilant at all times. At all times, not some of the times. At all times so that you are not falling to the traps of the enemy. Because remember, the Bible says that the enemy is like a rolling lion going through and forth, looking for whom he may devour, looking for whom he may destroy. If you make yourself available, he will destroy you. If you make yourself available, he will destroy you. Now, don't be deceived. Don't think that the fact that you are saved, that means safe and forever saved. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. So that means this thing, we have to work it all the time. It's a daily work. It's a second by second work. It's a minute by minute work. We are working all the time. What are we doing? We are working out our salvation with fear and with trembling. Let me tell you this, any truth without proof is false. Any truth without proof is false. No matter what you hear, no matter where you hear it, if it has no proof, it is false. You can't tell me the gospel is powerful and people are not getting saved. People are not being delivered. Any truth without proof is false. The proof of the gospel is we see souls getting saved. We see deliverance taking place. We see people moving from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. And please understand that the things you see transforms you. So therefore, it is important to put in front of you the right things. What do you see? What are you looking up to? That's why the Bible says, looking up unto Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith. He is in front of us. He is the one we look up to. We look up to him from day to day, morning by morning, evening by evening. We look up to him because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Not man. You look at man, man will deceive you. Man will cause you to backslide. Can I tell you something? If you have to look at men, if you have to look at the way people behave, you will never be a Christian. When I gave my life to Christ and I went to church, I saw the sister. I was living in the area with the, the lady who was leading the choir. Powerful. When she's leading the choir, people fall down. People cry. She was anointed. The first day I went to church, I said, I heard the pastor preach. I liked the message. I took my only money, little money I have. I gave it to her and said, please buy me that message that the pastor preached. Up to now. <laughs> I didn't see the message. I didn't see my money. And this was a powerful Christian leading the choir. Do you know what the devil said? The devil said, why are you going to church? Look, these people, they are just deceiving one another. I could have backslided then. I could have backslided then. But God said to me, you have not come to the church to look up to men. You have come to look up to me. Are you following what I'm saying? If you look up to people, you backslide. I could have backslid in then. I could have left going to church because of that sister. Because all I saw in her is she was anointed. She was a great singer. But her character and her singing was not in line. Her character and her profession was not the same. And that is the danger in the church. That's what's happening. We're allowing the devil to sow tasks in us. We say we are Christians, but when we get out there, the way we talk, the way we do things, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. There's been times when I've called members of this church on their phone. They don't know my number. When I call, they say, hey, who that? Who this? What can I do for you? Hey, the way they talk on the phone. And then, at the end, I'll keep quiet and then I'll say, the Lord bless you. They say, oh, pastor, hallelujah. Hallelujah, pastor. Praise the Lord, pastor. No, you are pretending. You are a hypocrite. Who you are is when you said, who this, who that, screaming on the phone. That's who you are. Once you heard it, it's a pastor. He said, oh, pastor, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are living duality. You live a different life in the church. You live a different life out there. And because of you, people can't even come to the church. When they see you in the church, they say, hey, this one is there. I'm not going there any longer. Because of the way you behave, you represent Christ outside. You are no longer an ambassador of Jesus. An ambassador of the country, an ambassador of the nation doesn't do how he or she feels. You do according to the details of the nation that sent you. 
How are you representing Jesus out there? How are you representing Jesus out there? I think the time has come for us as Christians not to tell people we are Christians any longer. They must see by the way we live and know that this one is a Christian. That one is a Christian. Know what you say. They follow you to church on the basis of how they see you representing Christ. Not going to door to door and say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. They look at you and say, hmm, this one, Christian. You swear through your left mouth and you, you bless God through your right mouth. You falsify documents with your hands. You come to church and say, oh, we lift up holy hands. We worship you. Now, the church is not the place for, for perfect saints. The church is a place for people who need help to come and be helped. That's what the church is here for. But when you come, don't pretend. Don't pretend. Tell God who you are. When God comes to you, Jacob, and asks you, what's your name? Don't tell God that you are different. He knows who you are. Some of us, we stand before God and, and we even lie to God. God asks you, what's your name? And you are pretending, I'm this, I'm that. No, no, you know you are not that. You know you are not holy. You know you are not right before God. You know who you are in the presence of God. Tell him who you are so he can help you. So he can help you. When you have a headache and you go to the doctor, don't tell the doctor you have a stomach ache. He will give you something for you. He will give you gas. What, what do you use for stomach? Gaviscon. He will give you gaviscon. Meanwhile, you need paracetamol for your head. You have a headache. Tell God, God, I have a headache. He knows what you need, but he wants to still hear it from you. Some of us, like Jacob, he has to break our lips. He has to break our hips before transformation comes. Because we are not telling God the truth. I remember when we gave our life to Christ, we used to sing this song, Oh, mold me, break me, Lord. Use me, Lord. These days, we don't sing those songs any longer. We don't say, break me, Lord. We don't say, mold me, Lord. We want to mold our own selves. We want to do it our own way. Listen, that's why there's so much indiscipline in the church. There's so much indiscipline, yet the church is supposed to be the light of the world. We are supposed to be the light of the world. That's why many people look at us and they say, these people are hypocrites. They are hypocrites. They are just pretending. They are just lying one to another. What are we doing? What are we here for? Are we here to glorify his name? Are we here just to come and fulfill a religious obligation? That's not what we are here for. That's, what, that's not what we are here for. For every encounter with God leads to advancement. Every encounter. The woman with the issue of blood said, If only I may but touch the hem of his garment, I may but be made whole. Nobody has ever come into contact of, with Jesus and remained the same. Nobody. If you ever have an encounter with him, there must be a proof of the change, of the transformation. 
Nobody ever comes into contact with Jesus and goes the same. Every encounter with God leads to advancement. So that means if you're on low level and you have an encounter with him, you move to another level of greatness. Another level of glory. Listen, the world is dying. The world is looking for a way out. And you and I are the way out. You and I are the salt of the earth. You and I are the light of the world. And we must show the the, the unrighteous the right path. We must show the world the right path. And the only way we can do that is when we align our life with the word of God. We must align our lives with the word of God. So when we say 25 signs of those who gather, that means what you do, a sign tells you where to go. When you see a sign to Manchester, that sign what that is directing you to go to Manchester. Are you a sign or you're a distractor? Are you a sign leading people to Christ? Or you are distracting others from Christ. Jesus said they will not enter yet. They stand at the gate and prevent others from entering. We are here to build this thing. Please, we are here to build this church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what we are here for. To build. We are here as gatherers, not scatherers. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus, not to bring his name down. We might have differences, but when we come before his presence, we put away our differences. We are one. We are united. We are one in him. The Bible says that one baptism, one baptism, one Lord, one Lord, one God. We are one. We might be many members, but we are one. We might be different. We might come from different countries. From Tanzania, from Tokyo, from Japan, from Johannesburg. But we are, we are coming from different countries, but we are one. We are united in him. We are united in him. So we are here to gather. We are not here to destroy. We are here to gather. We are not here to scatter. I said we are here to gather. We are not here to scatter. I don't preach for amens, but I want to hear an amen. We are here to gather and not to scatter. I want to hear a big amen. I said we are here to gather and not to scatter. That's not what we are here for. All we are here to do is to gather. We are the army of the Lord. Gathering the souls. Waging a good warfare for the Lord. Making sure that the kingdom of the devil is crumpled down. But if we are here and we don't agree together and gathering for the kingdom. And this one backbiting one another. This one fighting one another. This one saying this one said that. How are we going to be focused? How are we going to be able to build the kingdom? We are here to build and some people are here to destroy what God is building. My friend, don't play with the things of God. Don't play with God, what God is building. If God is building something and you want to destroy it, you are destroying your own destiny. You are destroying your own future. You are destroying your own family. That's your own cup of tea. Don't come to me and say, well, 
it's you. No, no, it's not me. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you know what he's saying? Basically, what he's saying is that if I am building my church and any gates of hell try to destroy it, I will destroy that gate of hell before it destroys the house of God. How many of you know that we are here to build? How many of you know that we are here to gather? That's why I said one of the signs of, of the 25 of signs of those who gather is that they speak with one language. One language. When we say soul winning, we all win soul. When we say evangelism, we all evangelize. When we say it's time to serve, we all serve. When we say it's time to give, we all give. When we say it's time to pray, we all pray. When we say it's time to fast, we all fast. Because we are all seeking for the glory of God. That there may be meat in the house of God. So that when you come and you are eating the meat, you are not feeling guilty. You are not on a guilty trip. Trying to run away. Glory be to God. I think I came to preach to myself today. I don't know about you, but I came to preach to myself today. I came to preach myself happy. I see this church going from one glory to another glory. Going from one strength to another strength. Going from one glory. The Bible says that the path of the just shineth brighter and brighter and brighter unto the day of God's perfection, of God's glory. That's what we are here for. So what's the 21 sign of those who gather? The 21st sign is that they are strategic gatherers. They are strategic gatherers. They are strategic gatherers. Matthew chapter 13 verse 29. Matthew chapter 13 verse 29. I read, it says, but he said, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Now, I'm sure you know by now, I won't be able to do a recap. The messages are free, so just grab them and listen, and then you'll be able to follow from where we, we, we got from before we got to the 21 sign. Now, notice what the servants, the master said to the servants, they said, shall we go and gather up the test? What did he say? He said, no, don't do that. He said, don't do that. In other words, they are what? Strategic gatherers. They gather strategically. They focus on the right people to bring them into the house of God. They don't waste time on things and people that will distract them from the mission of the church. Do you know that some people are there to distract you? You follow them. You say, let's go to church. They'll be giving you excuses. Excuse after excuse. You don't waste time on those people. Focus on those who are willing. Those who are willing. So you are a strategic gatherer. You, you put in place a strategy. Next year is coming. Put in place a strategy. Strategize and focus on only one person. Not two. Only one. 
You have two eyes. But only one can look into a hole. A bottle. Can both of your eyes look into a bottle? Hole? Or a keyhole? Only one eye. So focus on just one person. Next year, our assignment is going to be just bring one name. One person's name will be praying on that one name for them to give their life to Christ. Just one name. If it's your father, one name. If it's your sister, one name. If it's your husband, one name. If it's your, if you know that there are some people, when you bring them, they'll bring the rest. When you bring them, that's why if you look at a shepherd, a shepherd leads most of the time one sheep that leads the rest. There is a sheep that has influence over the rest. There is a cow that has influence over the rest. Once he's leading, the rest automatically follows. So you have to be a strategic gatherer. And to be a strategic gatherer, you need wisdom. You have to ask God to give you wisdom. Who to target, who to reach, who to bring into the house of God. A 22nd sign is that they protect the harvest. They do what? They protect the harvest. Matthew chapter 13 verse 29, the Bible says that, But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. So you see, don't be in a rush to approach the tares. Because the purpose is to protect the harvest. I've seen people who have worked so hard, tirelessly in life. Worked so hard. And at the end, they've destroyed everything they've built in one day. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the foolish woman pulls down her own house with her own hands. Some of us have built things for years and we pull it down in one second just by our words. Some of us have worked so hard. Have you noticed that there are some people when they are close to their breakthrough, they just miss it. They come to the verge of a breakthrough and they miss it. They've worked so hard. Some people, it's like, it's like a curse. They enter into a relationship and then within them, they are saying, now this relationship is leading to marriage. Within them, they are saying that, I think the man is going to leave me. I think the man is going to leave me. And then at the verge of the man proposing, he leaves. Have you not seen it? Some people get to the verge of a breakthrough and they miss it. They are trusting God for a breakthrough. God for a promotion. And then just at the verge of the promotion, they miss out. I know someone who came to this church, having been married, trusting God for a marriage. We were praying, praying, praying. At the verge, the day the man came to the church, the day the man came to the church, she got offended by someone and stopped coming to the church the week before. At the verge of breakthrough. Are you following what I'm doing? I'm saying, at the verge of breakthrough. 
So you have to learn to protect the harvest. Don't be in a haste. Jesus knows the tasks are there, but he said, take your time. The purpose here, the, the tasks want to destroy the harvest, but don't uproot them up yet. Because what's, what the tasks have done is they have entangled themselves around the, the wheat. So if you uproot the task, definitely the wheat is coming out also. So don't do that. Protect the wheat. Protect the harvest. That's why we have to do everything possible as a church to protect our harvest. When God brings a soul into the church, we have to protect them. They are the harvest. We have to protect them. The way you talk, we have to protect them. The way you behave, let's protect the harvest. Let's protect the harvest. And also note that to reap the harvest, you need a sharp sickle. You need a sickle. How many of you know what a sickle is? A sickle is what they used to reap the harvest in those days. To reap the harvest, you need a sickle. And the sickle has to be what? Sharp. But the harvester is so skilled that he doesn't allow the sharp sickle to destroy the harvest. Is that not a mystery? He's using a sharp sickle, but that purpose of the sharp sickle is not to destroy the harvest. How sharp is your sickle? We have to use the sickle as sharp as it, it is. Not to destroy the harvest, but rather to gather the harvest into the house of God. Amen? How sharp is your sickle? Is it sharp? How sharp are you? Spiritually, how sharp are you? Be sharp spiritually. Be focused. Let's focus on the harvest. Number 23. The, third, the 23rd sign is that they are compassionate. They are compassionate. Matthew chapter 13 verse 13. Jesus said to him, let both grow together until the harvest. Let what? Both grow together until the what? The harvest. They are compassionate. Be a compassionate Christian. Be a compassionate believer. Have compassion on people. We, we have a lot of Christians these days. Who don't know that word in their dictionary? Compassion. <laughs> we don't show compassion. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We are so mean. We are so wicked. <laughs> uh, uh, compassion. <laughs> we don't think about others. We think about me, myself, and I. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I'm even weak by saying that. <laughs> I'm weak. Jesus, our Lord and Master Savior, had compassion on us. That's why he died for us. Do you still feel compassion for your brothers and sisters? For lost souls? Don't allow your heart to be hardened. Have compassion. Some of us are married 
We don't have compassion for our husbands or wives. We are too wicked. Wicked. We are very, very wicked. Now, we are not talking about our children. We say our husband, we are so hard and wicked. If let alone our, our children. We don't have compassion on them. You have the last meal in the house and you know your children are hungry. Have compassion. Mother, father, give their food to the children. But you eat it all. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. I pray for a spirit of compassion upon our church. Compassion is understanding the weakness of others. That's compassion. Understand that people are weak among us. I know as a pastor that some among us are weak. I don't judge them. Compassion. People came to Jesus. He was with them for three days, three nights. The disciples said to him, send them away. And Jesus said, I mean, send them away to go what? Where they are going is very far. Ask them to sit down. What do you have? They said, we only have uh, two loaves and five fishes. What is this among 5,000? And Jesus said, get them to sit down. Jesus took the loaf up, looked up to heaven, and said, thank you, Lord. It's not what you have. And the Bible says, God broke the limitation over the loaf. And Jesus distributed it to the, his disciples, and they distributed it to the rest. Compassion. Whenever you have compassion, the little you have can feed 5,000. The little you have can feed 5 million. That's why this church, our secret, I, I, I have compassion on souls. That's why I have taken people from this church and planted them to win other souls. Do you know that if I'm a wicked pastor, I could have all our members who we've sent pastors here. Do you know that? Compassion. Compassion is you have a little, you share it among everyone. Don't always want to have the best. You always want to sleep by the side of the heater in the house. I'm getting into your business now. When it's cold, you always want to. But you see, some of you, some of you are landlords. I know some of you have houses you are renting out to people. And you control the, the heating system. When you are there, the house is warm. When you are not there, you tell them, nobody must touch the, 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 the heating. You are wicked. You are very wicked. You want them to freeze to death. When you are there, you, you want the heater on. But when you are not there and they are there, you say, hey, don't touch. I'm preaching. Whether you like it or not, I'm preaching. Have compassion. You say, Pastor, uh, have compassion. This is why some of you, your, 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 your neighbors and people who you are landlords to are not following you to your church. Because they look at you and they say, what is this one? Which church is it going to? They make me freeze. You freeze them to death. But when you are in the house, the house is warm like heaven on earth. Close your ears and pretend as if you are not hearing me. <coughs> so they have compassion. They understand the weakness of the sheep. They understand the weakness. Jesus 
always had compassion on the multitude. Always, always thinking about what they will eat. A pastor must always have compassion on his congregation. Always praying. Do you know that when you don't have compassion for people, you don't care about, about them? That's why we follow people up. Compassion. So that they will be established in the kingdom. Amen? So that they will become what God wants them to become. Jesus constantly was having compassion on people. And we must follow him. There might be some among us who are weak. But please, brother, sister, have what? Have what? Have what? Have compassion. Be compassionate. Sometimes, you see, compassion means you are hungry. But someone is in a country somewhere. They are starving. But you sacrifice yourself, the last meal you have, and send it for someone to eat. Do you know that some of us in this country, just 50 pounds to a village somewhere will feed not less than 100 people for a whole month. Do you know that? Yeah. In a third world country somewhere, 50 pounds. And some of us don't care. Some of us have good Quality drinking water. Some people don't have water. Compassion. I think there's a charity called Compassion, isn't it? Is there a charity called Compassion? I think this church, everybody must subscribe to Compassion. At least, if 10 pounds a month, say, give those people clean water. Don't take for granted. You and I have clean water. Drinking water every day. Some people don't have it. Some people, they drink the water that a sheep or a cow has gone to bath in. That's the water they drink. Some of us can give those people clean water. Compassion. I pray that God will touch your heart. 10 pounds a month or 15 pounds a month to those charity will not do you any harm. God says, those who take care of the poor, I'll take care of them. You bless the poor, God will bless you. Don't always say, I don't have enough. You have more than enough. Say, Pastor, you don't know what? 10 pounds is a lot of money. What? You can't give 10 pounds to, to feed, to give water to a village? I don't know what kind of Christian you are. Number 24. Well, the church is very quiet today. It's like I'm the only one feeling the heat. Is it cold in here? Is it cold? Okay. Wow. Oh, you want to go home? You want me to stop and you go home? Okay. Let's finish this. Number 24 sign is they don't destroy the weak. And number 24 sign of the 25 signs of those who gather is they don't destroy the what? The weak. Matthew chapter 13 verse 30 says, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I'll say to the reapers, gather ye together, fence the towers, and bind them in bundles to burn them. 
but gather the wheat into my barn so they don't destroy the weak. They don't destroy. Don't destroy. How many of you know that there are weak people in this church? They are not on the same level as you. I know some of you can pray for hours, but they can pray for hours. Don't destroy them. Don't say, hey, you, you can't pray. We are praying, we are praying, we are all praying, but you don't destroy them. Everybody have their level. Some will start from 10 minutes. Some will start from 20 minutes every day. Some will start two minutes every day. Don't destroy them. You can pray for five hours a day. That's you. You have to learn to lead the sheep. You lead the sheep and lead them successfully. Jesus was God. Yet, when they brought a woman caught in adultery, they brought that woman to him. What happened? He didn't say stone her to death. He said, woman, I do not condemn you. The woman was caught in the act. Jesus said, go, for your sins are forgiven. This woman was weak. She was caught in her weakness. Have you noticed that many people judge people by their weakness, but they judge themselves by their own intentions? I've seen people who are weak and they judge people. Anytime you see any pastor constantly judging people and condemning people about sin, 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 maybe sexual sin, he has that problem. Condemning people. He himself has that problem. So don't judge people by their weakness and judge yourself by your own intention. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The last and not the least, the last one is they gather souls into the church. They gather souls into the church. These are the 25 signs of those who gather. Verse 30 of Matthew chapter 13 says that, let both grow together until the harvest. In the, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye first the tars and bind them into bundles to, to burn them. The last say, but gather the wheat into my what? Burn. In other words, gather them into my church. Gather the wheat into what? My barn. Gather them into my church. They gather souls into their church. Please understand that as we evangelize and new believers are added to the church, Satan will try to defeat the purpose or the process. He will try to sow people described as wheat or tares among the good seed of God's kingdom. Some of the people who profess to be believers and come into the church through evangelism may not be sincere. They may be wheats, wheats or tars planted by Satan. Jesus does not want us to spend time and effort trying to separate the wheats from the wheat. All we have to do is keep sowing the seed and keep evangelizing. When Jesus returns, the weeds or the tasks will be separated during the harvest. He himself 
will do the separation. Finally, last scripture, and then we close. Last two scriptures, we will close. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Hallelujah. How many of you are getting blessed by this? This is awesome. I love this teaching. This is going to form the bedrock of all our churches. Amen. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. I read, it says, take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. The church of God, the flock, has been purchased by whose blood? Jesus' own blood. So he said we must take heed. In other words, we must be careful how we lead the church, how we relate to one another. We must be careful because he himself died on the cross so that you and I will be saved. He said, take it therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. We are here to do what? To feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. It is not your blood that brought in that soul. It is the blood of Jesus. So please, let's take heed how we relate to one another. Finally, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said, and also I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon, thee, I will, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Please understand that Jesus said, I will build my church. The church belongs to Jesus. The church doesn't belong to us. The church belongs to Jesus. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus is building his church. Jesus is building his kingdom. Together, let's galvanize our energy. Let's gather together and let's become gatherers rather than scatherers. This is my story. This is the 25, these are the 25 signs of those who gather. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And I believe that from today, we shall all become gatherers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you receive it? Did you receive it? Oh, come on, let's give God a better clap of praise. Hallelujah. We are gatherers. Somebody say, I am a gatherer and not a scatherer. Oh, say like you mean it. Say, I am a gatherer and not a scatherer. I'm part of those who build the kingdom and not those who destroy it. Oh, come on, say it. Say, I'm part of those who build the kingdom and not those who destroy it. From today, I make a vow. I make a commitment to be part of the gatherers. 
and never to be a scatterer. I am here to be part of those who build and not those who pull down. So help me God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just rise up on your feet for a minute. I want you to talk to God. We've taken almost 12 weeks. This is the longest series I've ever done in this church. In our five years of existence. Because God says, son, don't rush. Take your time. Because I'm building something great. Something that is everlasting. That's why we've taken this long. We've invested so much into it. Prayer, time, and content. I want you to lift up your voice. And personally, in your own words, talk to God. Ask God to use you. In Jesus' name. Talk to God. 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 Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let the energy together, the energy together come upon this church. Come upon our lives. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are gatherers and not scatterers. Father, as we seek first your kingdom and its righteousness, you will add all other things unto us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's please be seated. 